Welcome to Nonprofit Courage Lab, how to ask for more and raise major gifts. I'm Julie Ordonez, your major gifts fundraising coach, and I'm on a mission to help nonprofit leaders like you get the courage and strategy to ask for more. No one has changed the world without first changing themselves. If you want to raise more money to change the world, you are in the right place. You ready? Let's go. And if you have more questions, I'll hang out longer if you want. Ask me more questions. I'm good. I'm I'm here to help. For donor research, I don't like Wealth Engine. I hear you, Amber. Um, the best donor research you're going to get is from your donor's mouth. So if you ask them questions, <laughs> um, which is like, right, it's, it, it's not scalable, but it's the best way to go deep. So... Um, you know, I would ask them like, why do they give, um, this is part of what you get when you sign up for courage lab is this powerful questions cheat sheet. It's my client's favorite tool. And it's all just all the questions that I love to ask major donors. One of them is like, why do you give? Why'd you start giving? Another is what organizations are you involved with? Where do we fall in your philanthropic priorities? Like if they say, oh, I, you know, we give to this or this, and they're like, oh, that's amazing. You know, where do we stand? Takes guts, doesn't it? Are you noticing a theme? People don't want to know, or they think they already know. Actually, they assume they're like, oh, we're not the favorite. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I'm scared. Uh, but yeah, I like to ask people because ultra high net worth individuals are even savvier in terms of keeping their information private. They'll give anonymously and there's a reason for that, which is also interesting when people don't give anonymously, right? Because especially major donors understand that that is an option for them. So when they opt in, they're like, yeah, you can put my name on whatever. Interesting choice, right? So, but but even like concealing certain real estate assets or different LLCs, different assets of their wealth, right? 90% of wealth is non-liquid, meaning it's not cash. 90% of wealth in the US is not cash money in a checking account. It's in real estate. It's in businesses and equity. It's in stocks and securities. So there are ways in which people can conceal all of that and their private information. And especially nowadays, right? Privacy is the ultimate luxury. So asking people in one-to-one, -one, a lot of your ultra high net worth donors or even just major donors, even if they're not high net worth, but the major donors will tell you one-to-one -one, because it's a private conversation, right? They might be, if there's a relationship there, there's trust, they know you're not going to blow it up on Twitter or something, like then they're more likely to share with you like, oh yeah, you know, we give here and there and, you know, we helped fund this wing of a hospital or who knows what they're going to tell you, right? But they'll, they'll tell you to your face more likely. And that's, that's the best way. I Google things, you know, there's that said, right? There's so much on the internet that's public. And oftentimes if someone's giving from a family trust or a charitable foundation, a family foundation, you can go onto guidestar.org and you can look up their family foundation and see their 990. And it will tell you 
all of the grants that they issued the most recent 990, if it's 21, 22, there's probably nothing out for this year yet, right? So you'll see, oh, wow. In 2022, they gave away $2.3 million and they gave it to 21 different nonprofits and they gave us seven grand. I mean, you can see. So a lot of that is publicly available and you don't need any, you just need Google, right? You don't need anything. And GuideStar Candid is just a free account. So I do that with my clients I work with one-on-one is I'll go and do some research and look at like, who are these people? You know, where else are they giving? And there's certain things you can search in Google that will lead you down the right path, but you do need to know how to look for it. And that's something that is a module and a session inside Courage Lab is how do you actually do major donor and prospect research? Um, whether it's like someone new or it's a current donor and you're getting ready for a meeting, right? Or you're getting ready to call them or email them, like being able to research what's going on with them. Um, I'm fundraising for my church right now as a volunteer and we were going to ask Starbucks for something, but right now Starbucks stock, stock is down and they're like not handling the conflict in the Middle East the way that a lot of people would like them to. And so they're kind of up against it. They're laying people off. They're, you know, there's there's some turmoil with the company. And it's great to know that before you reach out to a Starbucks executive, right? You see what I'm saying? So even just like that is helpful to know. Or like, do I even want to reach out to Starbucks? You see, those kinds of things can help you to make those decisions. I hope that's helpful. I don't really love Wealth Engine either, and people don't really know how to interpret it. And it seems like their customer service and like customer success isn't like, hey, what, are, what does this code mean? Like, I don't know. I don't know these words. And like, <laughs> so um, yeah, I hear you. It can be a challenge. How do I talk with my ED who literally said today that we should approach the local wealthy people? Ah, oh, yes, the local wealthy people. <laughs> um do you want to come off mute or can you? I guess I can unmute myself. Yep. Oh, hello. Hi. Hey. Thanks for your question. Are, what is your role? Uh, I'm the manager of donor relations for a small nonprofit that works on peace and conflict studies. Wow. Which is awesome. why it's called Project Plowshares. Uh-huh. And who, and do you report to the ED? I do. Uh-huh. What is y'all's annual budget? Uh, just over a million dollars. Uh-huh. Okay. Small. So you're likely doing the work of a development director. And I'm the first one they've hired full-time and I started four months ago. I see. Okay. And you should approach local wealthy people, like meaning to ask them to give right now? Uh, yeah, right now, soon. Like people who don't currently support our organization, but are local wealthy people. <laughs> what was the context for that comment? Uh, I was laying out the plan for 2024 and he let me talk for a while. And then he said, but I have a suggestion. There are some very wealthy people in our city. Why are we not making a plan to get in touch with them? Right. Okay. And so and I, had, your I thought I had, I thought I had 
uh, avoided that by talking about the things I know that, you know, we need to build relationships with our existing donors, that we should look at uh, people who are lapsed and try to bring them back in, that we have a lot of work to do um, on particularly those two fronts. And then he said, basically, but I know who some of the wealthy people are in this and this city. I think that we should find figure out how to contact them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So part of your role is to manage up to this person and um, kind of help oversee development, even though yeah. I understand that may be beyond your job description. Um, but that would be my suggestion. And to task your ED with that. Like, great. You think we should do that? Sounds like what you're going to do. Mm. You see? And then who do you have in mind? So essentially acting as sort of a project manager. Or you're, it sounds like maybe you have specific people in mind. Who are you thinking of? Because it's very vague. Local yeah. wealthy people. Right? Like just the signal of a total amateur there's wealthy people out there, right? Let's go get the wealthy people. <laughs> That's why I enjoyed your seminar. Cause you said something like that earlier that they could, you know, the, the idea right. of the shiny, you know, idea. And... Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, so let's make it really real and then project manage that. Okay, great. So sounds like, you know, who they are, then why don't I, here's what I'll do. Right. And you can decide what you're willing to do to support that. Um, whether it's like, you know, if you, if you need me to write the email for you that you're going to send to them, right. Um, if they're connected to these local wealthy people, then maybe they already have their contact information. So sounds like something we could do starting in January. Who are the two, the first two people yeah. that come to mind that you want to reach out to, right. Put them on the hook for that. Okay, great. What support do you need from me to get that done? Yeah, but totally put that on yeah. them. Like yeah. if someone, and you can do, this is a trick you can do with board members also. Board members are well-meaning, right? They might come to you. They have lots of ideas. Oh, amazing. Why don't you run with that? Yeah. <laughs> right? So, so don't think of it, Helen, like, oh, now this is all of a sudden something that I need to do, right? But it's like, okay, I hear you. I think that could be great if, especially if you already have some sort of connection with these people, then it makes sense. You would be the one to reach out. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Cause I, I didn't want to argue with him, but uh, I'm thinking, but that's literally not the best way to fundraise. Yeah. Right. Right. Yes, yeah. totally. And I think you can, again, this has to do with managing up, right? You can yeah. temper their expectations. Like, Hey, that is, something we should do, but it can't be the top priority because it's a long game. So it could be something yeah. we do regularly. And I, I like the idea, right? You're not shutting it down, but you're basically saying it's going to take time for them to go from not even knowing who we are or basically just knowing about us, but not really knowing us to yeah. now they're investing, right? That's going to take some time. So for some, it might be pretty quick. They might be like, oh, I've heard of you guys. And I think what you're doing is amazing. I'd love to get involved. Here's a thousand dollars. And it might just be one meeting and that happens. But it's your job, Helen, to be like, hey, look, ED, that 
might happen, but it also might take more time for others, right? Because every person is different and the way in which they develop relationships, the information, the experience they need to trust us with their money, it's going to be different for everybody. So for some, it might take a year, right? We don't know, but it's totally worth integrating into your strategy. It just shouldn't be the number one priority. Yeah. Well, that's great, Julie. I really appreciate that suggestions about language and how to respond to him because I don't think he's going to let it go. So I'm going to have to totally make it part of our strategy. I hear you. Yes. And, and it sounds like because he's not going to let it go, he can be the one to really push it forward. Hey, are you determined to double or maybe even triple your individual giving this year? And you'd love some guidance and support. I've got news for you. I have taught dozens of leaders how to raise more five-figure gifts in a month or less inside my program, Courage Lab. If you want to learn more, go to nonprofitcouragelab.com. That's nonprofitcouragelab.com and grab your spot today. Now is the perfect time to improve your fundraising skills and build your personal courage. I got you. Head over to nonprofitcouragelab.com. Dot com. See you there. And you can kind of check in and offer support as needed, but you're, you're constantly making the case, like, because you're connected to these people, it seems like, and you're also the ED, it makes sense that you would reach out. Right. Thank you. Yeah. And then, and then it's, you know, you're working as a team and it's, not all on your plate, you know, you, you probably have so much on your plate. So, (laughs) um, yeah, that's great. It's a great question. Thank you. Thank you, Helen. I appreciate the, your, your thoughts on it. You're so welcome. My pleasure. Okay. I'll take, I'll take, let's see if I can do maybe rapid fire or a couple more. Um, is there a way to get board members more active to help with fundraising? Yeah. Amber, that's a great question. Is she still here? Maybe not. Have to jump. Okay. Can I ask for advice when donors say they don't plan to give more? Catherine, are you asking me for advice or do you want to ask the donor for advice? Can you clarify? May I speak? (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Hi. Thank you. Um, Yes. I mean, advice from you. Um, Ah. I've I attended one of your webinars uh, a couple months ago and I've really been taking the courage to heart and I've made some big ass and some have been, for you. Um, you know, asking somebody who gave hundred dollars a couple times a year and then said, Hey, I'd like to talk to you about a, a bigger gift and said 5,000. And I'm, you know, we got, we agreed to 14, four, which was a big deal. Um, and $25,000 gifts. So thank you. Um, wow. So I made my big, big ask just yesterday, uh, based off of your last webinar, I made the goal to ask this, this donor who I know has capacity and has been very loyal to us for many years, but he gives, you know, 20, 25 over the year. And I made a goal to ask for a hundred and <laughs> actually, wow. I, wanted to ask I love it. Three. And I said, multi-year. And he stopped me right there. And he said, I don't give multi-year pledges. <laughs> so I said, okay, let's talk about this year. Um, um, so, uh, you know, the conversation went really well, it was very positive, but what I got out of that was essentially, um, an answer I've gotten a, a couple times, which is, well, that's a lot more than I've given you before. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, I have some organizations that I give a lot to and some that I only give a couple hundred to and, you know, some in the middle and you're kind of in the middle and, um, you know, everybody's asking me for more. And, uh, you know, I tried to do some negotiating, came up with some other ideas. He, we kind of left the conversation. I could tell he didn't want to make a commitment on that day. So I left him with something to think about. Uh-huh. But I'm curious, like, what is your response when people have that? Like, well, that's a lot more than I gave you last year, um, you know, or that's not really I normally give you. You know, I've gotten that response a couple of times or everybody's asking for more right now. Yeah. First of all, I want to say congratulations on stepping into a totally new era yeah. for yourself. Thank you. That and was... and really taking all of this to heart. Mm-hmm. And uh you're you're really a model for what I hope so many will do. Thank you. It's huge. Huge, Catherine. Huge. Um so what's coming up for me is your positioning is off. Mm-hmm. This donor isn't, you you didn't prime them before you made the bold ask. So what I mean by that is talking about your unique positioning as an organization, highlighting the ways in which you're effective at doing what you do and how you stand out from the rest of the organizations that they give to. And um, it takes real communication skills to be able to do that and to be um, clear about what that is. And if you're an exceptional organization, then you can ask to be made the exception. Mm. So when a donor says, well, I don't do that, right? I don't make multi-year commitments. There's a couple of ways in which you can handle that. Mm -hmm. This is what I teach my clients. The first is get curious. Don't think that you've encroached on a do not enter trespassing zone, right? Mm -hmm. Don't don't back off. Like, oh, why is that? Find out. Mm -hmm. Likely there's maybe a really good reason. Maybe the reason is they're had some bad experiences. Mm-hmm. And escaped their decision making, or they don't really have a reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you will learn, and they'll have to explain it to you, and then you can decide from there what you hear, right? And it's like, okay, so what I'm hearing is, and these are negotiation tactics by uh, what is his name, Chris Voss? He's the FBI negotiator, and he wrote Never Split the Difference. Such a great book, definitely read it. Um, I think you would really like it, Catherine. And part of the negotiation tactic is being a good listener and actually repeating back what you're hearing so that you leave room for the donor to keep talking. That's how you're going to get to a productive place. Right. So they'll let you know, like, oh, so the alternative way is to say, and this kind of goes with your other scenario of, well we give to you in the middle or everybody's asking for more of it. They're, they're grouping you with everyone. Right. And Mm -hmm. that's the problem. Mm -hmm. You're not like everybody. So what I would, and this has to be true. (laughs) Well, you've talked to me about all the places that you give. I know where you give and they're all doing important work. 
what we do, we are the most effective at what we do. Would you yeah. agree with that? That's what I say to the donor. I'm like, let's say your organization is education, early childhood education, let's say, like access. And you could say, if this is true, right? Or whatever your unique positioning is, mm-hmm. we are the most effective at what we do. And then say that power stat. And this is, again, I, I can't say for you what it is. And this is what I do in helping my clients. Whatever that power stat is, if it's like nine out of 10 of our students get accepted into uh, the best prep schools. I just made that up. You know, I don't even know who that is, but (laughs) the idea is you're able to articulate really succinctly what it is that's your unique positioning. What makes you different? What makes you stand out? What makes you worthy of asking for more and being invested in at a greater, deeper level? So I kind of position the organization that way. Out of all of the education, I know you care about education, out of all the education nonprofits that you give to, here's how we are different, basically. Mm -hmm. Would you agree? And then they'll say, well, actually, eh, I don't agree. I think actually what this organization does is blah, blah, blah. Then you learn so much, Catherine. You learn what the donor really cares about. And then you can highlight that. Oh, you care about food access? Well, actually, we do that. And this is this is how we do it. That's an example, right? Um, being able to articulate the ways in which you're different and then get your donor to verify that, right? So you say, we're the most effective. Nine out of 10 participants graduate high school or 98% college acceptance rate, or these are easy examples, but I, I don't know what it is that you do in that. That's okay. Whatever it is that is the compelling reason why donors are like, wow, you. And being able to position that and then being able to say back to the donor what it is that makes them unique and how, why them? Like, why are you asking this person for 100K? Yeah. When you do that, then you get in a league of your own. Then they're no longer comparing you to everyone else who's asking for more, you see? And and that doesn't make you different. If what you do stands out, you've got to be able to position yourself in your donor's portfolio of all of the places that they give. Here's how we're different. Mm-hmm. To clearly articulate that. And then you're positioned to be able to ask for 100K. Alternatively, you can say, well, the reason I'm asking you for more, and you know, I should have made this clearer earlier, is because our goals are increasing, because our impact is increasing. We're committed to serving twice as many people as we did this year. That's why. Like They should yeah. already know that before you're naming the number anyway. Yeah, that's kind of the conversation I did have. You know, I, I, I. So then you have to repeat yourself, right? Leaders are repeaters. So, I mean, I basically say the same thing over and over again, Catherine. Mm -hmm. Do you see that? It's the same. Oh, let's talk about December strategy. Oh, let's talk about fiscal year planning. Oh, let's talk about asking for the major gift. Let's talk about closing. Let's talk about, it's all the same. I just basically say the same thing. 
I mean, that's what you're going to do. You're going to say the same stuff because you're don't, it's not top of mind for your donors, right? They don't have this memorized. They don't remember what you said, right? So you'll have to say, well, the reason that I'm at like, oh, well, everyone's asking for more, but the reason I'm asking you for more is this, mm. our goals are to reach twice as many people. And hopefully you've already told them a story of one, right? Mm -hmm. So just like Catherine and I know that you care. You're one of our most loyal donors. You have demonstrated that you're going to be with us through thick and thin. I know this issue matters to you. You're extraordinarily generous. That's why I'm asking you for $100,000. Mm -hmm. Now you're in a totally different position because the other organizations, they're not doing that. They're asking this guy because he's rich. Thank you. You're welcome. What a great question. Okay, the last one. New CEO taking over for a 15-year founder asking about great ways to transition donors who have been traditionally previous CEO loyalists, helping them see my new leadership is worth continuing their giving. Um, yeah, I think that um, knowing who has credibility and influence with these people outside of the founder um, and asking them to go to bat for you if they have relationships um, but just reaching out and saying, you know, making that personal connection. Hey, I know that you've been involved for a really long time. I know that you're BFFs with the founder. I know that you started this organization with them. It's so important that I get to know you, that I build this relationship with you. You're integral to this organization and where we've been. And I want to, to do everything I can to uh, to get to know you, you're such an important partner. When can we meet? And the truth is there's going to be some people who it's just time for them to go. They're not going to stay on maybe anymore and that's okay. And some people, they will, they'll, they'll want to be involved and help out and get to know you. Um, yeah, it's, it happens, you know, and it's tough going from that transition of founder now moving on to board member or whatever they are now to now you're stepping in. Um, yeah. And some people will maybe not take you up on that or they're just not catching the vision or whatever it is and you can release them. And some people will be interested to get to know you and it, and you know, if they gave because of the founder, I mean, I would interrogate that notion. Um, that might be an assumption that you're making about a whole group of people because of what people have said, or they've told you, oh, these people are, they're like this, you know, I, I think go find out for yourself, find out, ask people, why are they still involved and ask them if they're interested in continuing to be involved, you know? And, and then see to what extent do they want to be involved moving forward? Find out. Like, hey, I don't want to take for granted that now there's a new sheriff in town and you're just all in still. Like, where do you stand? Where do we stand with you? Like, is this something you still want to be doing? Could be another approach. I think trust yourself with whatever it is that you think is best and just go for that. But don't make any negative assumptions about people. Like, find out for yourself and you might be surprised to, to hear what they have to say. Great. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for staying long. This was awesome. Thank you for the great questions and um, have a great year end. 
Thanks so much for joining me, Julie Ordonez, your major gifts coach on Nonprofit Courage Lab, and for investing in yourself today. Head to nonprofitcouragelab.com to connect, follow, and share. If this has encouraged you, please rate and review this podcast. And remember, nobody changed the world without first changing themselves. Until next time.